everybody. Welcome to the unofficial Vegas podcast. I'm Seb Gagno and my buddy here, Fred Hazelton. Hey, hey. So uh, right now, the whole world is dealing with COVID. And at the time of this podcast, and we we thought that given this, uh, the world situation that's happening, we were wondering what impact this is having on a, a big tourism place like Las Vegas. We thought we'd bring in a guy that has a lot of experience with Vegas and could provide very good feedback and information about the city. His name is Seth Kaberski. He's the author of The Unofficial Guide to Universal Studios. He's also co-author of The Unofficial Guide to Disneyland. And he collaborates on The Unofficial Guide to Walt Disney World. And of course, our favorite topic, The Unofficial Guide to Las Vegas. He contributes also to many magazines and podcasts. He's widely regarded as an authority on theme parks and attractions. Uh, Fred, you've known him uh, for many years, right? Oh, yeah. Seth and I go way back. We've uh, worked together on, on the unofficial guides, all the guides that you mentioned there. For years, we've walked the theme parks together. We've uh, walked the strip in Vegas together. Told lots of, had lots of fun, tell stories about all these destinations. And um, yeah, it's been great chatting with him over the years. And I thought, I thought he'd be a good reference for us to kind of dig into what future Vegas might look like uh, once this COVID thing is all over. So looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, it's awesome. Definitely look forward to hearing what he has to say. So it looks like Las Vegas is going to be one of the first big cities that's going to get things rolling again, like get their economy back, uh, come back out of hibernation. And I'm wondering if that surprises you or if you think that that kind of makes sense for Las Vegas. Um, it doesn't surprise me just because economically speaking, Las Vegas is right there with Orlando as a city that really doesn't have another uh, economic base to fall back on other than tourism. Uh, if you don't get that tourism engine rolling, you know, you don't have manufacturing or agriculture that's going to take up the slack. Right. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it sounds like it's going to be kind of a gradual process to get going. Is that what you've heard as well? Uh, I have, you know, and it, it's, it's comes down to, uh, it's definitely not going to be on one day, all the doors everywhere open. Um, you're going to yeah. see, I think you're almost going to see a little bit of a game of chicken uh, with uh, the big chains looking at each other out of the side of their eye, uh, waiting to see you know who's going to bite first. Uh, Win, uh, from what I've seen, has been the most proactive, and uh, they put out a 24-page document explaining everything they're they're going to do in, in great detail, um, and and some of the things that they propose are really going to kind of radically change the experience of going to a casino hotel. Um, but they've, you know, they've definitely been very upfront about saying they had plans and, and saying right up front their plan that uh, they need to flatten the curve of the economic downturn in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are, what are and, some of those, what are some of those changes that you think are going to affect guest experience um, in the casino? Well, you know, the, the very first thing that everyone is going to see is thermal cameras. And I think thermal cameras right. are going to become a way of life in America in the same way we got used to metal detectors after 9-11. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they're going to be aggressive with putting thermal cameras at uh, pretty much the entrances of uh, all their property, not just for people checking into the hotel, but your temperature is over 100.0 Um They'll give you a second chance, but after that, um, you're not welcome. Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, they're going to, they have very ambitious plans of how to do physical distancing 
in uh, casino situations. Uh, I know you you passed along that photo that you have of a yeah. sample uh, poker table that has plexiglass shields in between each seated position Um, and, you know, a little uh, banker's slot underneath to pass cards. Um, And even then, I I assume that now every card will have to be immediately disposed after it's been touched by someone. Um, You know, you have to uh, have a brand new deck uh, on every hand Um, or maybe in uh, they haven't said anything uh, specifically about how individual table game play is going to change. Yeah. Um, maybe they have, I, you know, like I said, it's a 24 page document, um, going down into everything from, um, how they're going to do laundry, how they're going to take things out of your room. Um, you know, like you're not going to find pens and, and things like that in your room anymore. Uh, coffee makers, I believe are, are going away. They're, they're going to rely on Alexa, uh, for a lot of things like opening your drapes and your air conditioning instead of touching wow. buttons when you're in your room. That's cool. Um, you know, it goes uh, everywhere to, um, you know, physical distancing in the restaurants. Um, I'm, I'm looking here and seeing that slot operations, that there uh, are going to be hand station, sanitizing stations everywhere. Uh, slot attendants are going to offer to sanitize slots when they sit down in a machine. And all the slots are to be disinfected at least once every four hours. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that works uh, in an environment where you have you know, people who are very picky about their favorite machine and, you know, where they want to sit and, and, you know, uh, if the thing gets uh, hot and the four hours is up and now they're going to kick them out to clean it, that's not going (laughs) to go over too well. You mentioned Uh, that, uh, you mentioned that poker table. That that was a photo that I got from Seb. Seb, you got that from like poker Canada or something that, that shared that. I forget where the source came from, but it's an interesting idea um, to do that. Mind you, what is that going to, I mean, the, the distancing is is covered in terms of the plexiglass between the players. But my question is, and as Seth um, iterated, is what are they going to do with the cards and the chips? Uh, yeah, it's I essentially... actually just found the answer. Uh, I answered oh, my wow. own question. Cool. It is it in Section 10 of the document under table games operations. So the supervisors are to disinfect the game rails after each guest leaves and the right. chairs, disinfect the dice for every new shooter, um, disinfect any on off buttons that you have to use, uh, disinfect the ex- yeah. exterior of the card shoe when entering a game and the interior of the card shoe when the game goes dead, uh, okay. disinfect the outside of shufflers every four hours and the inside once per week. Mm. Roulette wheel, head, ball, dolly disinfected when a new dealer enters the game. Um, uh, you know, all these things on and on say and every on. time yeah, a new tough. dealer enters, um, you're disinfecting. So yeah. maybe once an hour, once every you know half hour, depending on how often they're changing out a dealer. And one of the things that I've heard is that they are looking at a maximum of four players at a at a, a yes, table uh, game. I'm I'm seeing here. Yes, I'm seeing three chairs uh, or guests maximum per table game. Corners in the middle seats uh, remain open. I assume that's what it means. Uh, four guests for a big Baccarat table, three guests for each side of a dice game and uh, discouraging unrelated guests from congregating behind players. So that's, there's craps gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. No more uh, stocking. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, wow. Interesting. I think they said six people at a craps table was the, was the max. And, and removing the seating in the table games lounges uh, and enforcing maximum occupancy limits. 
Um, wow. So reminding really... the guests to use hand sanitizer. But I, I, I feel happy to note that after all of this, it does insist at the end that the uh, cocktail servers will remain available and serve beverages upon request. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> finally, some good news. Yes. That's fantastic. They're not taking away our, our, you know, Vegas has done everything else possible to chip away. Uh, and you'd think that the free drinks, uh, but no, the free, free drinks yeah. are still here. <laughs> well, that, that's an interesting. Yeah. So what do you think is going to be like, will they have other little carrots that they'll dangle to guests uh, to get them into the city? You think like, I, I know, you know I, already, parking I just a got a thing um, from one of the big, hotel chain reward clubs uh saying that they were extending expiration dates and Caesars? lowering uh yeah i, 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 yeah, I, I got that one Caesars. too yeah um you know they're gonna they're gonna get maybe looser with comps than they have been um you know throwing out incentives for people to come hopefully this will make them uh walk back some of these ridiculous um resort fees that they have tacked on to daily room rates that would be such know, an easy thing for them to do like just you know for for, for one month or something just say no you know we're canceling our resort fees yeah um and uh parking fees is another thing that has really yeah. driven locals away in in recent years and you are already seeing a little bit of backsliding on parking fees yes so, i have seen uh, that i think obviously uh tra in international travel is a lot of what they depend on, uh, especially from Asia. It's it's kind of ironic that uh, my last visit to Las Vegas was uh, around the Lunar New Year of this year, oh, yeah. uh, which was just before, um, you know, coronavirus was really news in this country, but had already been hitting Asia hard. And, um, you know, I traditionally take a, a research trip out there around that time every year and have watched Lunar New Year get bigger and bigger and bigger every single year in Vegas until this year where it just didn't have the same, uh, the same volume, the same energy, uh, that it had in, in past years. And I, I mean, not now we obviously know why. Right. Um, but I, I think it's going to, uh, take a while, uh, before that market comes back to Las Vegas. Um, and even national travel, um, you see airlines have restricted, uh, operations, uh, Southwest's, you know, limiting flights, um, and they're they're a major carrier there in Las Vegas. So they're limiting flights, and they're also limiting seating, right? Like they're mm -hmm. doing every other seat, every other row. Yep. So th it's just not going to be as easy to get people out there. I think in the first place. Yeah. So they're definitely going to be relying on um, the locals. I guess the same folks who voted for the mayor of uh, Las Vegas uh, <laughs> will be there on opening day. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, yeah, we were. I was talking with that opening. with Lynn as well. Is that this? You know, like the people that show up on day one. I mean, they're obviously the type of people that are more risk takers anyway. So they're going to be less concerned mm -hmm. about you know getting the virus. Yeah. So I suspect that or, in the short or, term, or they're bloggers, like that. or they're bloggers, or they're bloggers, or people <laughs> like us. Yeah, they want to go and just <laughs> yeah, check exactly. it out. Um, so one of the things that was in that wind document that you were talking about was, uh, you know, obviously limiting of large gatherings. Um, I'm wondering if that means no shows, like what would they do for shows? I think, I think shows, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm flipping through the 24 pages and I believe, uh, and I read through this and I'm, I believe they are allowed to have theater productions, but there's going to be a much lower capacity. 
Um, okay. And, so like the airline, they're going to go they're like also, every other row or something. Um, I'm, I'm scrolling through. Ah, yeah. Oh, okay. here it is. So 26. Yeah, part 26 yeah. for the La Rev Theater. So uh, disinfecting the theater seating, all public areas after every performance. Um, limiting to uh, one show per day, giving them extra time to clean. Right. Um, you know, reevaluating all the costume changes and, and the way the dressing rooms are laid out to uh, uh, protect the performers. Uh, performers would normally warm up together in a gym, and instead they're going to be warming up uh, separately at home or offsite. Um, okay. and, uh, you know, man, they, they haven't said specifically, but managing the seating capacity so that there is space between every party. Right. So something uh, like, yeah, every like one or two seats between, and then maybe skipping rows or doing like a checkerboard style or something. Exactly. Exactly. So is if you've got a party of four, then you make sure you have two or three seats on either side of them and then a row before and after them. So if you've got someone that, you know, was, had planned to go on a Vegas trip this year, what advice would you give to them? Would you say, skip it, wait till things have calmed down? Or would you say, you know, that this is actually a good time to go for the potential value or potential promotions? Um, I, I am uh, not the doctor in my family. I've got, I've got <laughs> siblings and cousins who are all uh, medical professionals and I am not one. So the first thing I would say is, uh, if you have any questions, you should, you know, listen to medical professionals and consult your doctor. Um, sure. uh, I think that if you had a trip scheduled for June or July, um, I might want to rethink it. If you were planning on going for Thanksgiving, maybe it'll be a different world. I, I think everything right. is changing so quickly. I would say that if I was to book anything, uh, now I would make sure that it had a generous, uh, cancellation policy and that I bought the appropriate travel insurance. Um, right. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that, um, the experience of going to a casino and, uh, you know, it is so much about meeting strangers and being in a social environment and, and, um, rubbing, rubbing elbows and sitting yeah. at a bar. And, um, all of those things are going to be really, really different with social distancing practices, uh, until there's some sort of universal vaccine. Um, you know, we, we've, we also talk a lot about, uh, theme parks and in a lot of ways, yeah. Vegas and theme parks are similar, but I think they're a little different in the sense that in a theme park, you basically go there as kind of a, a nuclear family unit. Typically, you know, you've, you've got a, a family of four or five or maybe eight people, but they kind of travel in a little bubble. And as long as those people are getting on whatever ride or seeing whatever show, they're not really interacting necessarily a huge amount with the people around them. Um, whereas uh, Vegas, I feel like there's a lot more mingling between disparate groups of people uh, that's kind of hard to avoid without fundamentally changing the Vegas experience. Right. Right. Um, it's, it's going to be a real challenge, but they've, you know, obviously they feel that they've, they can't just sit on their hands for the rest of the fiscal year um, that they've got to do something to generate revenue. 
Yeah. And judging by what we've seen from the locals, there certainly seems to be an appetite to get back to the strip in downtown. There's definitely going to be pent up demand. Um, You know, have we seen in in states and areas where they've opened beaches or or restaurants? You know, there's definitely demand for it. Um, The question is uh, how they will handle it if the numbers start trending in the uh, wrong direction, uh, because history kind of shows that uh, in these sort of situations, there's an initial spike and then a lull and then a second spike. Um, yeah. And and I think that the a second spike could maybe do more long term damage to them to a, than a first. Seth, uh, what kind of uh, revenue uh, were the Golden Knights generating? I, I am honestly, I'm not a big sports guy. I, it took me a long time to realize when people were talking about them that they didn't mean the, the UCF football team after <laughs> in, in Orlando. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, in terms of sports, you know, I can't imagine, you know, the people who invested the money in that new Raiders oh, stadium, for the I'm, Raiders, I'm yeah. sure they can't uh, be happy to think about their inaugural season going up in smoke. No. Oh um, man. Yeah, that's right. They were supposed to open this, this season, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not believe, sure of the yeah. exact date yeah. that was scheduled, but, man. Uh, when, but when I mean, did... the alternative is, you know, so, so we see wind charging ahead and coming up with these, these plans and we can debate whether that's safe or whether people do it. But the alternative is, uh, came out yesterday is that MGM resorts has notified their employees that, um, come August 31st, if they're not reopened, then they are no longer furloughed, but just plain fired, you know, wow. laid, off. laid off, um, that wow. they've wow. extended their health insurances through August 31st. Um, but, okay. uh, but it, they, they've gotten notes apparently saying that, that after that date, they should not count on a job. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's grim. I mean, um, we, we could have a debate about, uh, executive compensation and stock buybacks and stuff, but it, it's obvious that uh, a lot of these companies are not going to continue to pay people to be at home. And unlike, you know, countries in Europe where the government will pay 85% of, of someone's salary. Uh, that's not happening here. Right. One of the things that's been trending in Las Vegas the last five to 10 years, I would say is, uh, let's call it fine dining or high class dining, premier yeah. dining. Um, what impact do you see on the dining scene in Vegas? I, I think we're, that, you know, uh, is going to be a major casualty um, yeah. because I think we just saw today, um, I think came across, uh, Rubichon, um, one of, uh, Joel his, Rubichon, yeah, yeah, Joel, his, yeah. his, uh, restaurants, multiple restaurants in Vegas will uh, not be op- reopening. Wow. So that's uh, breaking news. Yeah. Uh, buffets as well. I mean, I, I'm assuming buffets uh, are going to be either the buffet dead or I'm, I'm glad I uh, got to do the Bacchanal at uh, yeah. Caesars one one last time on my last yeah. trip because, yeah, the idea of allowing thousands of strangers to just walk up and, and pick food and <laughs> maybe put it back, you know, yeah. that's, oh, that's not happening. So, so either you have now an army of servers standing there with tongs and, and handing out everything. Right. Or everything becomes uh, family style, where they just bring you out a platter and right. you tell them what you want more of. But 
like Bacchanal does that. Bacchanal does do the single servings, right? So they they they, they could be ser- they could serve <sighs> you just they do. I mean, they could, but it would then just be the labor of someone. I think yeah. the idea of just having everyone reach to the steam tray, even if there's the little individual right. cups, there's still, there, there's gotta be now an intermediary, someone with gloves and a mask on. Right. Who's gonna, so you might as well just do a la carte if you're going to do that. Right. Um, or I know, you know, I don't, I don't know how, uh, I went to my first ever conveyor belt sushi restaurant, uh, in <laughs> Vegas um, and I believe that? That, that could be the social there. There's actually several of them. Um, I mean, they're all over the world. They obviously start in Japan. Uh, we do have one in Orlando that I've not been to, but, uh, there's one in the, uh, kind of t- Chinatown area of, uh, Las Vegas, okay. uh, that, um, it has literally a conveyor belt that snakes its way, you know, back and forth past all the booths all around the restaurant and then back to the, the chefs. Um, and then if you order something hot from the kitchen, there's literally a robotic monorail. There's a little tram that they put in a little, <laughs> a little, uh, covered dish and the thing comes beep, beep, beep and stops at your individual table and you lift the thing out. And, um, it, that could be the way of the future. You know, that if that expanded beyond uh, sushi and you, you applied that to other kinds of buffets, uh, because you just have these little bubbles traveling around the room and you just pick off whatever you want. Sounds like Mr. Rogers' Brilliant. Neighborhood or something. That's right. <laughs> it it's genius. It's it's like like a a sounds like a page out of Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> research trip, Seb. We got to go. We got to go. Seb's in love with... Um, Gordon Ramsay. So last time we went, we did almost all of his restaurants. We did the fish and chip place. We did his burger place. And then we went to Hell's Kitchen for a lunch, which was really, really good. Have you been there, uh, Seth? I ate it. I did. I I ate at the bar at Hell's Kitchen when it first opened. Um, And I had a kind of weird experience. um, Oh, no. Where um, I ordered something and it appeared in front of me within about 45 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I was like, and it, it wasn't just like a, you know, a cold dish that, that was sitting back oh, there. Okay. And I was like, and I was like, are you sure this was fired fresh for me? Or did I get the wrong person's dish? Cause there was no way on earth that it possibly could have been, you know, made, made to order <laughs> 45 seconds out. And, and then, um, and then the other thing I ordered uh, just had something that I knew Gordon Ramsay from watching his show would have sent back. Um, uh, it, it was a couple of years ago. It was um, it was like a polenta that that didn't set right or something. But it was the kind of thing that he was famous on Hell's Kitchen for cursing someone out over. <laughs> and so you know, it was uh, uh, as someone who had watched that show from from the first season and uh, and was a fan of his. Uh, I, I didn't have the experience at Hell's Kitchen I wanted. I wanted to be a little bit more theatrical. Um, I thought it would have been better as like dinner theater if they had staged a fight sure. every 15 minutes or so. <laughs> that would have been but great. made the chefs have to do a little competition, you know. Line them up, yeah. I've always uh, wished that someone would invest in an Iron Chef restaurant. Um, yes. Oh, that would be cool. Where, you know, you, they could stage a mock cool. competition and then you could get to eat what they were. And Vegas would be the... Vegas would be the perfect place to do something like that, right? You could sell tickets, hundred percent. Sure. But I did, uh, I did like uh, Gordon Ramsay's burger with missing a yeah. vowel. Um, 
that was that was a solid burger, and the uh, the fries or the chips were yeah. first rate. And the milkshakes, the creme brulee milkshake. Uh, I'm lactose intolerant, so I'll take your word for that one. Yeah, take my word for it. <laughs> Sam, am I right? Come on. Oh my god, it was a it was oh, a yeah. creme brulee Oreo milkshake, which was. Oh. I mean, honestly, we had what we had a bur- each a burger, a fry, and we sh- we actually shared a fry because it was, it was huge. And then we each had a milkshake and it felt like we were eating four hours at a buffet. I mean, oh, we yeah. were. <laughs> and, and we did, yeah, we sat at the bar there too, which was great. We just kind of chatted with the servers and stuff. And then she brought some extra sliders, sliders at the end yeah. of the meal. She's like, you guys want these sliders? We're like, yeah, we'll take them. They were good too. Well, you, but ha- you have to we, try it. It, it. You're at a Gordon Ramsay restaurant. So you're like, okay, well, these sliders are going to be good. Yeah. That is that is kind of the secret weapon of dining, uh, especially on the strip, is to sit at the bar. Yeah, um, you can tip. almost always get a seat without much weight. Um, you get a lot more interaction with the staff, and you really get to know you know the the feeling of a place, and uh, you're much likelier to get some sort of tidbit or freebie. Yeah, bar is always the way to go. You think one uh, thing that the South Point oh, are go still going to have the dollar uh, twenty five hot dogs? Oh, you bet. Uh, so mark down to a dollar. Uh, yeah. Will the 99 cent shrimp cocktail still be on Fremont Street? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, it will. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be hard. I, the, those Gordon Ramsay burgers might be more expensive because uh, even Wendy's doesn't have any beef to sell right now. So. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, beef in general is going to be hard. So one thing that was happening in Vegas, um, bef- even before COVID was uh, arrived, was the kind of uneasy future about Cirque du Soleil, um, uh, which is, I know a hard topic to bring up cause we all love, you know, Cirque, but do you have any information about where, what, the, it, what's going on with Cirque and if they can it, survive this downturn? It's, it's sad. I, I do not know the current situation other than that they are, uh, in severe financial trouble. Um, I'm not sure if it's that they've declared bankruptcy or were simply on the, happy road there. Um, but, uh, you know, Cirque, um, has a fantastic product, but I think that they overexpanded and, um, you know, when they kind of got involved in, uh, uh, this venture capital leverage buyout that led to taking over blue man group. Um, I think they, they just caught, they got too big, too quick. Um, and they had some, uh, you know, their, their latest, uh, show on the strip, uh, run did not work the way they wanted to. They invested mm. a lot in that show and it did not hit. Um, and I think if Cirque exists, it's going to have to be a much smaller company. Um, they'll probably lose most of their touring shows. And, uh, I would not be surprised to see a couple of the Vegas shows not reopen. Um, wow. That'd be such a shame. Yeah. I I mean, they're expensive shows to run. Those are really talented people. Um, and they, uh, you know, they, they, they earn every dollar that they, (laughs) that they make. Uh, but it's a lot of labor that goes into every single performance and you have to kind of fill those seats in order, you know, for a show like Ka, um, it's, you know, an obviously a huge venue. Uh, but you can't run a, a venue like that at 50% or 30% capacity for very long at the ticket prices that they have uh, and still, um, you know, pay the rent, uh, break yeah. even. 
especially when uh, those prices are already at the upper end of mm-hmm. the show tickets, which I still think are an excellent value. I'm sure you would agree. Um, we're talking about, you know, oh, yeah. class entertainment. Um, would you yeah. say uh, that the, you know, the artists that, that have, uh, you know, the big artists that have residences at residencies at, uh, in Vegas, you know, um, they're like, you know, the Celine Dion's and the, the big shows mm-hmm. like that, you know, are these artists going to come back once, uh, you know, Vegas slowly I, starts to reopen? I think a lot of it depends on the artists and their target demographic. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest. I think for the next six months to a year or more, this country is going to be split. Um, not so much between, you know, Democrat, Republican or red and blue, but between people who are socially distancing and who, people who are getting out there. Um, yeah. And I, I think that it's going to be kind of a culture war and that people are going to take sides. And if, you know, you have an artist whose core demographic is falling on the side of, you know, staying in uh, and then, you know, maybe a, a residency is not going to be what they're going to be doing. Um, whereas you have someone who appeals to, uh, people who are buying concert tickets again, where they can and, and, you know, spending money, then, um, I, you know, I think, I think that the artists will ultimately follow the dollar. Um, and, and more importantly, the casinos will too. Uh, yeah, but going I mean, it, going to a concert is obviously going to be a huge. You know, you're yeah. not going to have mosh pits anymore in the near future. No, um, night nightclubs. Another example of. I mean, I don't know how you social distance in a nightclub. I mean, you just can't. Sure. Well, you know, um, we were always already kind of going towards the private. You know, bottle club. You know, private yeah, table, bottle service. VIP yeah. um, the the latest thing in a lot of the new places has been the private karaoke rooms. Um, oh, yeah. so, you know, you're going to see nightclubs that are designed for like you and your eight friends to have their own little private nightclub experience, uh, and, and, you know, be isolated from the masses, but, uh, you know, you and your, your eight friends, I guess, can uh, hang out in a closet together. What's the status of the unofficial guide itself? What are you guys doing for updates in the book this year? Um, we, we did all of our, you know, research and writing and we're well into production for, uh, what would be the 2021 guide when all of this hit. And obviously, you know, it's going to change, uh, the world that's out there. Um, all I can say is right now we're like the rest of us, uh, rest of the world, we're in a holding pattern. Um, so, you know, we are still working on 2021 guides, but we're not setting a publication date until we know, you know, what's going to be reopening and what the, what the experiences are going to look like. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it's hard enough doing a podcast or running a blog when you're in print and you're, you know, putting, uh, ink on dead trees. Um, no matter what you do, the second you write something down, it's already out of date. Uh, but this, this is an extraordinary situation. So, you know, we're kind of, uh, holding off and, and not making an official announcement of when the books are coming out until we know that they can be, uh, relevant and, and useful to people. Yeah. I mean, and, and I know from personal experience that one of the things that we try to do with the unofficial guide is, you know, predict what's going to happen and, Mm -hmm. I mean, well, this uh, was this something just, that we could not predict. No, uh, we did not. 
did not see this one coming. No. And we also, I mean, even now that it's here, it's very difficult to predict what yeah. the next eight months is going to look like. I mean, we just don't, Oh we yeah. We just have to wait and see. It's going to be a moving target. Um, you know, and even if, if things seem to go back to some sort of version of normal for a while, then it could always backtrack. Um, you know, the, the, I think that's everyone's life, you know, outside of Vegas, um, you know, outside of writing travel books, I think we're all getting used to the idea of, uh, the best laid plans. Yeah. When do you think your next trip might be? Oh, you know, I, I hope, um, that by next February, um, that this will, uh, all be a distant nightmare and, um, I'll be able to get there if not before then. Um, but honestly, uh, I personally probably will not get to Vegas in 2020 again. Yeah. Uh, my focus is going to be on the theme parks, uh, because yes. I, I do the unofficial guide to Disneyland and Walt Disney world and universal Orlando. So, um, that's, you know, it's been very strange. This is the longest I've gone without visiting a yeah. theme park since <laughs> I moved to Orlando in 1996. Getting uh, shakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, a little bit of withdrawal. Um, so, you know, and as soon as, uh, and that's very much like the, uh, casinos. Um, that's going to be a slow ramp up where we're going to see things like Disney Springs, the restaurants and stores, uh, opening, you know, very shortly, uh, after this recording. Um, and California, uh, in the case of Disneyland is looking like they're going to actually, I don't want to say forbid, but they're, they're, are they not passing a guideline saying that they have four phases and theme parks would not open until phase four? Well, they were very purposefully uh, nonspecific about which category. They listed many things, and I'm sure that they were aware of the existence of theme parks. And they did not deliberately did not spell out the theme parks were okay. in which phase they're in. Now, a document came out of San Diego. Uh, where the theme parks down there, which I believe in, include SeaWorld and Legoland, have issued a statement where they consider themselves part of phase three okay. and uh, issued guidelines that they plan on following when they reopen. And it looks like um, they are aiming for July. Um, I think that California will reopen after Florida just because of the political realities and who our governors yeah. are. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've, we, we've probably all heard, uh, noise about Disney not reopening until 2021. Um, I, I don't think that's realistic in Florida. I think Florida is going to be open before 4th of July, mm -hmm. but, uh, Disneyland, um, I, you know, late summer, even fall wouldn't surprise me. But the issue too is what's the percentage of people that are coming from international destinations to go to Disney? Same for Vegas. Mm -hmm. So if the borders are not open, which at, at this time, obviously they're not, um, then um, regardless if they're open or not, it may not matter if the borders are still closed. Yeah. Um, Walt Disney World does rely on international people both for the guests and for labor. Um, you know, I don't oh, think, good point, Ep yeah. I don't believe Epcot will reopen until 2021. Um, wow. simply, simply because they have 
you know, dismissed uh, their college program and their international program, especially mm-hmm. with the international program. Those uh, uh, those visas take quite a while to process. And I don't think I don't think, uh, you know, the Trump administration is leaping to approve foreign visas uh, for travel into yeah. the U.S. right now. So um, until they find replacement for that labor, then uh Plus, you know, Epcot is a huge construction zone and they've had to halt all of that construction for right now. Uh, so yeah. it, it would make financial sense um, not to, you know, spend the, 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 the effort and the staffing to open four parks when you really, you know, can't attract an audience to fill two or three. Yeah. What about Vegas as well with the construction? I mean, uh, was there not some work on the north end of the strip there for some new hotels going in? I assume that's all being delayed as well. Yeah. Well, you've got um, Resorts World, which has been the uh, major project um, and how a Chinese themed uh, mega resort on the strip is going to do after this. (laughs) Well, everybody Uh, loves China. (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do not know. Um, and then there's also yeah, a, uh, another project on what used to be the fountain blow, uh, that, oh, yeah. that failed hotel is another project going on on that site. Um, yeah, there, I don't know that construction in Vegas stopped the way that, uh, Walt Disney world stopped work. And, uh, you know, from what I've seen, you know, here in Florida, Orlando has kept construction going, uh, with social distancing, and uh, I haven't heard any reports of outbreaks from that. So right. I think, um, you know, I think construction is probably going to continue on those projects that were really well financed and viable. But I think that projects that were questionable are going to disappear. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got some concern uh, in Vegas for some projects that were kind of creeping towards the finish line. And now I'm wondering if they'll ever cross it, uh, like area 15, um, which is where meow wolf, uh, the famous art collective from, uh, New Mexico. Uh, they were, uh, they were a major part of this big facility that, um, you know, meow wolf is this highly, uh, interactive walk through experience where you're crawling through things and touching things and pressing buttons. It's sort of like, uh, like a, uh, interactive theater meets an escape room meets, uh, uh, a children's, uh, science museum, you know, no hands on science museum. So how, how you Vegas. do something like that, how you create that, keep that experience and keep what its artistic intent is, uh, with social distancing and constant disinfection, I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't, I'm, I, I can't envision that. And then the rest of the complex is, you know, things like virtual reality, um, how eager people are going to be to put someone else's VR headset right up against their face Yeah, no kidding. and sweat it, you know, no matter how well they tell you that they've disinfected this face piece, it's like wearing someone else's scuba mask. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's you know, true. Th- those kind of experiences, um, even though they were really, you know, really hot and really popular four or five months ago. Now, I don't know if people are going to be rushing back to those. Do you think that, um, I think that Vegas is, uh, a city that's capable of weather this 
the storm that's happening right now and it will be able to recover uh, as compared to other areas, especially travel areas in the travel destination. So would you say that Vegas is more, is sort of equipped to, to deal with this and could recover fairly well once this, this goes uh, away? Um, I mean, there, there, there will always be a segment of people who are, are hardcore gamblers um, who will, you know, that, that there's no other substitute that, you know, uh, that they're not, they're not getting their fix from online poker, uh, and, and that, that they're going to want to go back to Vegas. Um, but I think that there are going to increasingly be people who, um, you know, here in quarantine, uh, they found the video poker was good enough, or maybe the Indian casino near their house, uh, that they can drive to instead of having to get on an airplane next to strangers. That's good enough. Um, I, I think I think Vegas is going to have to lean hard on their locals, uh, hmm. and I don't know if the local populate. You know, then it becomes a matter of passing a dollar around in a circle. You know, everyone in Vegas can't be the ones dropping money at the tables because someone's, uh, yeah, you know, someone someone's got to be making the money and bringing it into the town. Um, That's right. It's going to have to be a combination of the locals and the locals and domestic visitors. In yeah. some combination, um, it's uh, it, it's tough. I you know it, the easy answer is to say diversify, but you know Vegas kind of tried diversifying in the '90s into becoming you know a family friendly place with roller coasters and Star Trek you know attractions, and they decided that that wasn't them. Um, so I don't know what the uh, what the crowd you go after next is. Um, I do know here in, uh, Florida, the, um, is either visit Orlando or visit Florida. One of the, um, one of the government funded tourism operations, uh, basically flat out said, you know, we don't think that for the time being families and, uh, older people are your target market. Um, you should be yeah. marketing to millennials and generation X. Um, so I guess I think Vegas would be wise, you know, to look to at that. that, the, 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 um, the market of the baby boomers, you know, who would come and to Vegas and, you know, uh, drop a lot of money. Um, I don't think that they're going to be coming back as quickly. Um, and millennials and Gen X's are a lot more, um, dollar conscious than the older generations might have been, uh, especially with vacation spending. So right. I don't think that, you know, when Vegas comes back, they're going to have to find uh, forms of entertainment uh, and attractions that will appeal to that demographic and that are still socially distant and safe um, because they're not going to be able to rely on the casino income to the same degree. I don't think. Right. That's my gut. Yeah. Seth, since the year 2000 until now, we've gone through nine 11, we've gone through the, the uh, crash of 2008. There's been another housing bubble, a few economic recessions. How does this compare in terms of its impact on Vegas? Do you think? Uh, I think what we're going through now is going to be the worst thing that any of us lives through in our lifetime, unless something even worse happens after this. Yeah. I mean, I, I 
I think that you would have to go back to the Great Depression to yeah. equal right. the the impact of of what's happening. And I don't. I think it's. Um, I think we're kind of unique, maybe at this point point of history that um, you know we have so much communication and so much information that we're so self aware of the fact that we're you know, going through this, that it, it makes it almost surreal that, that, you know, we keep saying that, oh yeah, this is, this is the beginning of the apocalypse and like, almost like it's a joke. Um, but you know, I don't think Vegas is going to be immune. No, there's no doubt about that. But the, the one thing I would say is that people like us, like Seb and I, uh, you know, one thing that you can do in a you know situation like this is plan your next trip, even if it's for a few years down the road. <laughs> so, um, before we let you go, let's, I want to do uh, like kind of a rapid fire uh, Vegas favorites. Give me your, uh, give me your favorite hotel in Vegas. Oh, um, I, I'll, I'm going to go with a sentimental favorite. It is by far not the best hotel, um, but I spent an entire week in a suite at the Rio uh, for a nice. bachelor party. And I feel like I am, I am, uh, personally maybe genetically bonded with, with nice. uh, that room and that property what about favorite casino <sighs> I, I i gotta say i i don't gamble uh Fair. I, Fair I i probably put down a total of twenty dollars over the past five years <laughs> in gambling <laughs> good for you um, nice grand grand total um so uh i'm gonna pass on that one sure favorite restaurant Ooh, um, and it could be a uh, 99 cent shrimp cocktail all the way to Robbie show. Um, you know, my favorite restaurant almost doesn't, I don't think really, uh, exist the way it was anymore, which was the, um, in the Californian, the Redwood grill where you could oh, go yeah. and get a massive porterhead. They, they, I believe Stay the, place, the yeah. venue still exists, but they used to have a secret menu. Yeah. The signage is still there. <laughs> massive porterhouse steak and all the trimmings and sit in this giant booth and really, you know, feel like you were back in the 1950s. Uh, um, cool. and, uh, uh, I, got to eat there on a couple occasions with Bob Selinger, who's the creator of the unofficial guide to Las Vegas. And it's just, it's such a quintessential, uh, Las Vegas yeah. experience. Um, I bet he brought you to, uh, the prime rib place at South point too. Didn't he? Um, we actually did not eat. He, he's oh, told me he always about brings it many me there. times. Yeah. Um, he's gone there with other people. He's told me yeah, oh, I'm going to meet so-and-so down at South yeah. Point. And usually I'm sent off to see some really terrible show. But yeah. Some two and a half star <laughs> magic show. But yeah. Speaking of that, what's your favorite show? Favorite show in Vegas? Love. Oh, the Beatles. Love, love Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, excellent. I got to bring Seb to see that. He hasn't seen it yet. Okay. Last one. Favorite tip to give to first time Vegas visitors make it short. Um, there's really no reason that a sane human being should set, spend much more than 72 hours in Las Vegas. Yeah. Um, don't try to cram everything in, um, take it in a few bites and, you know, leave something for the next time. Uh, because there's no hangover like a Vegas hangover. And that's even if you don't drink, it's just, you know, you, you end up, um, dehydrated and sleep deprived and with chapped lips. If you're not used to that, 
uh, desert environment, um, it's it's a truly exhausting vacation. It equaled uh, almost only by uh, Walt Disney World in August, you know, in, in terms of a vacation that can just make you need a vacation to recover from the vacation. Um, yeah. So so I would say uh, there's a lot of great stuff to do in Vegas and don't try to do it all. Good tip. Thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks very much. My Jeff. pleasure. Yes, we should yeah. uh, do awesome. it again. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I have a bunch of other things I want to ask you. I also want to do a little... I have this weird theory that to me, like Vegas and Disney world are kind of, they're both the quintessential America, but, but on completely different ends of the same spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, they're, they're both not the real America, but they, but they both give you kind of this um, huge influx of Americana when you go there. I mean, there's nothing more American than main street and there's also nothing more American than, you know, the Vegas strip. But Oh yeah. And I mean, so much of, of Vegas is, you know, they're, they're almost like, um, Star Trek mirror universe opposites of each other. Whereas like, you know, Walt Disney world is that idealized version of the American mythology of, you know, the Cowboys or, you know, noble, uh, people settling the West and, and, you know, main street, you know, is, is, is all barbershop quartets and, and little cinemas and Vegas is like, you know, the, the cowboys shot each other over a table of cards and main street yeah. was really a saloon and a whorehouse. And it's like, <laughs> you know, because they're that's, both right. right. They're both right. Right. Yeah. They're yeah. both right. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. We'll certainly be in touch. We got to do this again. That was cool. Absolutely. All right. Thanks Take so much. Care. Seth. Thanks, Stay Seth. safe. We will see Cheers. you. Bye. Okay. So I thought he had, Quite a bit of interesting things to say. Uh, he's obviously very knowledgeable about Vegas and um, just general tourism that he's encountered over the years of of going to all these these places and attractions that he's seen. Right? Oh yeah, and he's been around long enough. Well, like like I have as well, where you know we've seen these places go through economic turmoil and all kinds of you know issues. And I mean his his opinion is a little bit on the dire side. I would say. I mean. Vegas always has a, you know, a way of bouncing back. I mean, even when the city center, you know, $10 billion expansion went up, you know, it was bankrupt before it ever opened its doors. Um, and yet now it's one of the kind of, you know, central places for the Vegas strip. So, I mean, over time, long-term, I, I think Vegas is probably going to bounce back fine, but he might be totally right that in the short term, it's, it's really, really bad. I think so. And, and given where he lives as well, um, uh, down in Florida, it, it's, um, you know, that he's might be, uh, looking at uh, scenarios a, a bit differently than what we're looking at, uh, up here in Canada. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, but, uh, all good stuff. I thought, um, great interview. Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah. So one thing I'm curious about is I, I, I'd love to hear from people that are listening to this podcast what their opinions are about going on their next trip. Cause I'm, I'm kind of torn. Like for me, I'm thinking, you know, part of me thinks, well, yeah, as soon as it's open for business, I want to get there and check it out. But of course the other part of me is saying, nah, it's just wait, you know, just wait it out until things get a little bit back to normal. So I'd love to hear from our listeners to see what they plan to do for their next trip. For sure. If you're listening and you have any questions, you can definitely uh, send them in to us at uh, questions at unofficial Vegas 
And you can also um, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and use the hashtag UVP questions. So that wraps up our show for today. Thanks for tuning in and listening. And uh, until next week, or next time, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good. We'll see you. I'll see you later. <laughs>